Disclaimer. This intro was not created using AI, we promise. It's so fresh, and so clean clean, that we know it has a certain AI sheen. The same can't be said for Josh List on and Rob Greenlee. They're both total skin jobs. But we think they're both pretty authentic. Use code. Fake Josh is the superior Josh over at NotTheAllenIverson.com and get 37% off your first three hours of this incredible AI engine. Take it away, fakey boys. Rob Greenley, welcome to the show, firstly. I just want to kick right in with something. You guys on the new media show yourself and Todd have been talking a lot about AI. I think to the point that you've almost started referencing how you're probably not going to talk about that for a little bit if you could avoid it. <laughs> and I know that well, I, I don't know why we can't talk about it. It's it's definitely a big Im- impact on the podcasting medium, right? Yeah. Now. I think just Todd is kind of you know wants to talk about other things. <laughs> <laughs> so I have feelings on this, Rob. And yeah. I know I did put out a tweet, and I'm assuming you both saw it when oh, yeah. recently you guys did an episode and you didn't talk about AI. And I actually made reference to that. Like, oh, this is actually quite different. So I want you to, when you say it's a big impact on the podcasting space, for all the independent people out there that maybe have traditionally had more of a craftsman kind of mentality where they're doing everything themselves, why should we actually give a crap about AI? Like, why should we truly care? I mean, I understand why technologists care because it's tech and it's interesting, but why should the average podcaster actually care? Yeah, it's a good question, I think, because um, I think a lot of it is a fair amount of hype and a lot of it comes with some concerns. So, you know, I think I have a, I'm trying to develop kind of a pragmatic view of AI technology and its impact on podcasting from the standpoint, I mean, a fairly practical view of it as well, um, that it can potentially save you some time in your pre-production and your post-production and your publishing side. So there it's coming into the medium from, you know, all those areas. There is some influence on the actual content itself that's starting to rear its head as well. And so I think it's still early, but I do think that AI technology is going to be changing a lot of things in podcasting. I think over the next, probably over the next two years Mm. uh, is the timeframe that we're going to see this. Um, But right now, if we're talking about right now, if you're a podcaster, I think I would look at AI as kind of, kind of like a, like a baby that's walking (laughs) in, into the medium, trying to have an impact and, and causing a lot of disruption. You know, it's crying a lot. It's, it's making people kind of feel a little bit stressful and, not sure what they're doing sometimes. I think that AI um, has the potential of streamlining some of those processes I was talking about earlier, but it also creates a lot of questions about um, the podcaster's commitment to what they're doing around creating content and and whether or not AI is going to somehow replace the podcaster in these workflows and these processes or should the podcaster just use these as a way to shortcut their processes while still inputting their own customization and their own views into the content that comes out of these things, uh, you know, like the show notes and the descriptions and the, 
and the titling of the episodes and the segments that are that are found by AI that you might want to snip it out for distribution mm-hmm. in short form um, content that you might put on various platforms. And so these are things that humans need to take a look at before they use. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what the bottom line is. So you may save a little bit of time, but you probably, if you're really concerned about your show, you need to be still paying attention to this. You can't just turn it all over to AI and say, go, you know, it's, it's not to that point okay. though, though I do think that we probably will get to a point where people will increasingly put their trust in it. And just because of ease, ease and, and it may have the ability to know better than you, what might resonate with people out there just based on the large mm-hmm. data set that it could have access to around important topics and keywords. So you've just given almost a, a thesis level explanation there. So we're going to have to spend some time on that. Uh, pulling it apart, right? <laughs> so <laughs> Yes. So that was, that was awesome too. Thanks, Rob. So the first thing I'll say is how much work does a creator remove from the process and still feel attached to the fact that they made it? Like when I talk about AI, like I'm interested in technology. I sell it. Like my former role a couple of years ago I was the yeah. IT leader of a big company. Like yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not a luddite. And if you, there's a bit of a feeling in the space that if you uh, push back at all against AI for any reason, that you're a luddite. And <laughs> yeah, it's not that. It's I'm more worried about the intrinsic validation that a podcast or a creator gets when they look back at something and they think I built that. Yeah, like. I, I didn't hand any of that over to a tool other than maybe to tweak something or improve a certain aspect of it, right. maybe aesthetically or audio-wise. Like I've got a reverb tool that's based on AI and it's friggin' amazing. So I'm using that. But there's a point that I can see and it's my fear and it's why I've pushed back, I guess, at all against AI is just, are we just trying to make commodity content? And who wants to listen to that? And I use the example of a piece of art if we had the exact same piece of art sitting here and one was made by an artist that you've grown up loving or that you have respect for and the other one looks identical, but it's you have any feeling as an audience member that it was created by AI, mm-hmm. I think at the moment we're making podcasts for people, not for other machines. Right. So I'm always going to lean to the one that I knew someone had to work their whole life to be able to make, not just an algorithm created it on the spot because there's, there's fight in that and there's there's the grind of actually being getting to the point where you're good enough to make it. That all means something to me. Yeah. And I'm just wondering how much AI is too much, I guess is the question after all my meandering there. Yeah. But there's got to be a balance because I don't think people are going to want to listen to things that there's no struggle behind, that they're just made on the spot and it just comes down to CPU cycles. How quickly can it do it? Yeah, and I think that that is really a good synopsis too of the dilemma of AI in in human experiences and human creation and human employment and human relations. Um, I think that really cuts to the heart of what the questions are that many people have about AI's involvement in our world, right? You know, I, I think that there's, there's a tendency for humans to want to make processes more efficient, but yet at the same time, that efficiency can come with a little bit of a price. And I think what you just elaborated is that price, which is, um, is it really 
our content or is it content that's created by this artificial intelligence, which really isn't a human, right? Isn't a human intelligence. And Mm -hmm. is there a difference there? And then there's this whole other aspect, the legal aspect that content that's generated or created by using AI technology currently has no standing in copyright law. So, you know, who owns it? If you're using these AI engines to generate your content, whether it be artwork, written word, whatever, you technically don't own the copyright to that. So Mm. nobody owns it, right? (laughs) So that's, that's another dilemma that we're all faced with when we're talking about this. But I think, you know, you summarize it really well. And, and I think between the two of us, we've kind of summarized it, which is really currently AI technology is just a way to streamline workflows and Mm. to maybe get a, get a head start on something or format something in a way quickly versus having to hand peck with your mouse and your keyboard to get things to align properly or to have the proper, um, or close to proper wording to describe something that you have created, especially if it's based on your creation, which like a cap show and some of these platforms are basically parsing transcripts to come up with what they generate for show titles, descriptions, Hmm. episode show notes and stuff is being generated out of the content that you're creating with your voice. Um, So that, that is a little bit of a difference here that, that we can draw a distinction on. And I think that that encapsulates it well. And I guess I'll we'll just finish up before we're actually going to talk mostly about video today, Rob right. and I. That's why I've got him on. But I just thought that maybe the AI thing needed a bit more of a perspective from someone that, even though I edit for people, I'm primarily a podcast fan. Like I love the medium. And if you told me that Bill Burr, who's my favourite comedian, my idol in terms of comedy, but also yeah. one of my favourite, if not my favourite podcasters. If you said that he'd replaced himself by AI, I would never want to listen to that again because the beauty of his show is the imperfection. And even if you program in the imperfection, it's not coming from his lifespan of experience that leads to that imperfection. It would just be on the spot created as a simulacrum of who he is as a person. Yeah. So that to me would mean so much less. So that's all I'm saying. I think we maybe t- focus too much on oh, how much work can we get rid of and not enough on oh, what are we missing if we get rid of too much work? Like right. when and does it become not ours? Right. So. In, in the human factor, right? Um, the human factor. Right. Is, and it is true that AI is increasingly reflective of human communications, right? They're, mm. they're, they're considered to be, you know, chat type of, platforms, which means that they're conversational in their, in their orientation and their data sets come from human communications. So I think over time, what we'll see is, you know, increasingly these platforms being able to, to speak convincingly and with some level of emotion. I know some of the tools like Descript Overdub have the ability to apply filters with various degrees of human um, emotion. (laughs) Okay. So you do have that um, that ability that's al- already here um, that c- mm. can be applied to a, a a voice avatar of sorts. I mean, I've created one yeah. in in the Descript platform, and I can apply you know humor. I can apply to various segments of the content. I can apply 
tonal inflection to come across as serious mm. or less than serious. I mean, there's all these different filters that they've created that can simulate that stuff. But but you're right; it's not going to have the the personality and the variability that you would have in yeah. a real human recording. For me, it mostly comes from the conflict that created that person, right. whatever that is in their life. The, like the there's a reason the that a person's right. a certain, yeah. yeah, even even the joys and the successes, all the things that led to that person being the way they are, right. that whole history is not something they can map into AI yeah. because that's an individual experience over a lifespan. That's hundreds of billions of experiences and data points and dreams and all yeah. the things. So. It's to, I just think that maybe the technologists could put AI to work on something like maybe fixing predictive text on my phone. Like that seems like it should have been something that's been fixed for 10 years and now I still can't type a word and it gets it changes whole sentences to things that are wrong. Right. Like maybe we could maybe we could fix that first. Well, but let's let's get on the video. Right. Uh, you think that it's wrong. So th that's yeah. that's the real dynamic that's going on there. Yeah. Um, and it's but sometimes I think my iPhone's trying to get me in trouble like it'll change words. <laughs> whole sentences and I'll just won't even pay attention. I'll just hit something, but it's completely, it makes me sound like a complete idiot. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it'll change it just before it's sent after you push the button too. Right. Yes. <laughs> and if it was just one word, it wouldn't matter. But when it's changing three or four words and changes the context of an entire communication, I'm like, can we just get that right first? Let's just, yeah. Right. Right. Let's talk video, Rob. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> so you've recently really upgraded your video set. I mean, you've always had a video element, but I think probably the last 12 months, it seems to have gone to a whole nother level. So I think it's a good time to be talking about it. This outro was inserted using dynamic ad insertion that we stole from Ultron in the millionth of a second before he went all cray cray. Josh List on and Rob Greenlee, your artificial best friends, will talk to you again next week. Have a wonderful week, and don't drop your goggles. Peace out.